0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets.
1: This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine.
0: It's OBA with Arden Moore the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Renton, Tin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails, garner great pet tips, and have a on fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the paws and applause as we unleash your O Behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to
1: the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Well, it is the O Behave Show, but it's also Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. What? Yeah, we're doing a dual podcast today. So you're going to find out more when Dr. Catherine Prim and I return after this commercial break. So you guys know the drill sit and stay. We'll be right back.
0: Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. OBEhave will be right back.
1: Pause up, everyone. Arden Moore here, the host of the OBEhave show. Raise your paw if you love frozen desserts. I know I do. And so do my canine trio of Bujo, Kona, and Emma. They drool with delight when offered this sweet treat. And now all dogs will have plenty to yap about. That's because Ben and Jerry's has just unleashed not one, but two doggy desserts. Your dog can enjoy the Ponce mix made with peanut butter and pretzel swirls or Rosie's batch made with pumpkin and mini cookies, or put a little of both in their bowl. Yum, yum for the tum tum. Now, when you treat yourself to a bowl of your favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream, mine is the classic Cherry Garcia, your dogs can enjoy the Ponce Mix or Rosie's Batch or a blend of both. Do you know what time it is? Why, it's Ben and Jerry's time. I see happy Boujo, Kona, and Emma heading my way. Check out the Ben and Jerry's Doggy Desserts at BenJerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Pause up.
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com OBehave is back with more tail wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets Now back to your fetching host America's pet edutainer Arden Moore
1: Welcome back to the OBehave show on PetLife Radio I'm your host Arden Moore We are airing this episode both on the OBehave show and Nine Lives with Dr. Cat Hey Arden Big pause up, Dr. Cat. We're doing dueling podcasts together. Awesome. I know this is- So
2: exciting because every time um, Arden and I talk, we have a ton of fun and we hope that our listeners will too. So today I kind of wanted to talk about some of the questions that I get from listeners and followers on social media and things about weird things that cats do. And Arden's kind of an expert too, and she's kind of meovulous. So we're just going to jump right in. So, um, Arden, give me some questions that you've heard.
1: Yeah. And I just want everybody to know this is going to appear on both shows with Nine Lives of Dr. Cat and my show, Oh Behave, both on Pet Life Radio. Our poor producer, Mark Winter, is doing recordings for both of them right now. Thank you, Mark. He is the surgeon of sound. But I think it's kind of cool. We have a veterinarian and a pet behavior consultant. And let's just dive in. I There's a lot of questions we have about cats. And uh, do you want me to just toss one out there and we can discuss it? Well, I used to
2: write a column for a website for cats and they would take questions and they would pose them and then I would write them up. And it was it was fun. And I wrote like 250 of them. Well, that was for iHeartCats. Cats. That's a right. big deal. Yeah. So, so that was fun. And, and I remember the questions were, were really cool. Some of them were general and some of them were super specific, but I remember one that was sort of fun. And I bet you think it's fun too. Why are calico cats always female?
1: Yeah. Let's get into the science. We're going to talk chromosomes, aren't we?
2: Yes, we are. So I love telling these kinds of quirky fun facts to my clients in the exam room because, you know, veterinary visits don't have to be all medicine. We can have a little fun too. So it is true that rarely do we find a calico cat that is male.
1: Right. And
2: all of the reason is because female cats are X chromosome XX. Right. In male cats, are chromosome X and Y and the calico pattern color pattern is found on the X chromosome. So if you think about a female cat being X and X, one of her X chromosomes is showing you One of those cool patches, whether it's the orange or or the black, and the other one is showing the other one. But in a male cat with X and Y, only one of
1: those actually gets to show itself. So, so wait, when you're catting around, you know this (laughs) kitty, you know may have more than one suitor. But I love that it's the female, the XX, that is the factor. Yeah, but here's the coolest thing. Okay,
2: can happen that a male cat is a calico. It is rare, but there are some chromosomal abnormalities, if you want to call them that, um, where a male cat will have an extra copy of an X chromosome. Wow. In which case, is that a transgender cat? Well, <laughs> c- kind of. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to get into that.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs>
2: You're so, you're so cutting edge, but yes, it kind of is because the male cat is X, X, Y. Wow. So that's really cool because each of the X chromosomes that the male cat has can show those color patterns. And then they have the Y, which makes them male. So it can happen. I don't remember the statistics. I know it's quite rare. I've been a veterinarian for a really long time. We're not going to get into exactly how long, but, um, and I have only seen one.
1: Okay. Well, here's the deal too. Let's talk about the per- personalities of calicos. Years ago, I did have a calico and everybody laugh out loud ahead. Guess what my cat's name was. You can guess Callie. Yeah, <laughs> but full name Callie, my Pally. But I remember Dr. Marty becker America's family vet. I love what he described. He described calicos as this. Calicos are like a box of chocolates. They're sweet on the outside and a little nuts on the inside. So Callie was like that. It took her forever to really feel comfortable around anybody that came into my house. All of a sudden, she would dash out of the room and you would see my bedspread moving like this little mass moving because she managed to get under the bedspread above the, the top sheet and she would think no one could see her, but she was like a little mobile moving <laughs> object. So I loved Callie, but they can be a little quirky, right? Yeah, they
2: can. And you know what? I don't really know about the true scientific link between coat color and personality, but right. anecdotally, I think, pretty much anybody that works with a lot of cats would say that calico cats can be a little more aloof, perhaps a little more anxious. And I know we can all say for sure, each cat has their own personality. People that think it's just a cat, they're just crazy. It's just not that way.
1: Well, actually on the opposite spectrum, if you will, yesterday, September 1st was Ginger Cat Appreciation Day. I have two of them. Rusty and Casey. And again, the XF chromosome plays a role. And those are the tabbies that tend to be more male than female, right? I have always heard that, but I could not find
2: statistics to support that. But I saw a ginger kitten yesterday. In fact, I posted him all over my social media because he was so cute. And it's definitely a
1: he, even though it's sometimes hard to tell in little kittens, don't you think? Oh, oh yeah. I can't check under the hood and determine that's not my expertise. (laughs) But uh, in my whole life, this is the first time I've ever had a pair of gingers and they're very outgoing. Don't be insulted cat lovers. They're dog-like a little bit. They both know how to walk on a leash, on a harness, ride a pet stroller, do silly tricks and help me teach pet first aid. But with ginger cats, they come in different uh, markings. They could be mackerel, striped, tick, spotted. Their coats but five to one, there is uh usually they're boys, not girls. And the and the calico's are the are, are more girls than boys. That's kind of neat though, don't you think? Because they're neither one is a breed. It's their color patterns.
2: I love it. So I've always thought that color coat genetics was yeah. fascinating. And so, you know, like with horses, horses have really intricate coat patterns. And the calico cat is another. I just kind of fascinating thing. I love to tell that story to my clients.
1: No. All right. Check. We did that one. Uh, That leads
2: me to another
1: one that I think
2: is interesting because you said you think maybe calico cats can be a little quirky on the inside. So here's one. Why is my cat drawn to non-cat people? You know, oh, like, yeah. you know how that is. People come over to your house that are maybe allergic to cats or something. Or they don't like cats. Or don't like cats. So let's talk about why, why do you think that is?
1: Well, I've addressed this a lot in um, my cat background for eight years. I was the editor of Catnip through Tufts University and I got to hang out with brainiacs like you. And I just updated a book called the Cat Behavior Answer Book. So we even addressed that in that book. And it's this way. If you're not really keen around cats or you have an allergy, you need to act a little animated when you're around a cat because your instinct is to be still and not make eye contact and hope the cat will just ignore you. But let's get into the cat mind, the feline mystique, if you will. And they're like, oh, I'm definitely going over to that person because that person's showing great feline etiquette, not pushing themselves on me, not yapping at me. This is the person I'm going to hang out with. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. Cat?
2: I would. In fact, um, as a fear-free certified professional in my exam rooms, that is part of the strategy that we employ to make the cats feel safe is we don't stare at them and we try right. to be kind of sneaky. People at work say I'm like a ninja. Because, because I can listen to a cat's heart without the cat really realizing. Now I do have to kind nice. of crawl around a little bit, you know, and get on the floor or put the cat in the window seat. But if you want a cat to come to you and feel comfortable, you cannot chase after the cat like you would a dog. So, so yeah, I think that's, that's an awesome question. And it Well, tells I want to do a, a
1: shout out to you guys humbly she's humble she is the very first veterinarian on the planet to become certified as a fear-free pet professional so that kudos to you Dr. Prim because that's a big accomplishment and anybody that's lucky to have you as their veterinarian has got somebody that's always trying to learn more and so just don't act animated around a cat (laughs) If you're allergic or really don't get them, I do act animated, I mean, because it's kind of a kitty turnoff. I always tell people, you've got to give the kitty the finger. Now, everybody's like, what? I know it's radio, but your index finger, if you extend it out and let the cat come to your finger and do a little cheek rub, that's, that's like a kitty hello, when you say? Oh, I
2: love that. So, you know, I I did an interview for one of our veterinary magazines about how being fear-free has changed my practice culture and so on. And it just happened to be on a day where I saw almost all cats. I mean, I just, I saw a lot of cats. Some days, a lot of dogs, some days, a lot of cats, but um, the whole day went by all of my cat exams, all my cat vaccines, sick cats, everything, and not a single cat hissed at me. Nice. You know, that's a good day, isn't it? It is. And it didn't used to be, Oh, you know, because sometimes you have to do things to cats as a veterinarian that they don't like. So I can be ninja and kind of sneak it in. And and it has made the practice better and it's made my life better because I love cats. I don't want them to hiss at me. (laughs)
1: No, no. I wish we lived closer. You would definitely be my veterinarian. I have a great veterinarian though, Dr. Deborah Charles. She is a fear-free professional as well. I love her very much. But if we live closer, I would love to have my cats uh, and my dogs get some care from you.
2: Well, I wish we lived closer also. So, okay. So here's another one that people ask a lot. Why does my cat ignore me? And, you know, I've seen some funny things on the internet, something like cats have 36 facial muscles all to ignore you with, or something like that. But um, I think that's a a little bit of an insight into a cat personality. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we're working the dog pleasing portion of our brains, I think, when we come to that posture, because Dogs are really big I'm on like me, like me, like me. I actually hear people say, My dog loves me. And I think my cat does too. And for people to think in, that a cat rocks their world is magnanimous. But cats are both prey and predator. And they are very good at being uh, observant of what's going on before they act. They're not hasty in their decisions. They don't pop something in their mouth like a, a dog does and then says, uh-oh. So I think when you think a cat is ignoring you, I think they're just sizing up their environment using all their senses before they proceed.
2: I agree. But you know, I also think that part of it is how verbal and vocal we are. Yes. I think that cats don't use a lot of sound to communicate with one another. So if you haven't trained your cat to do a behavior, like come when I call you, the cat doesn't see that as anything. I mean, I I think they ignore you because they just think you're crazy. (laughs) you know. So I don't think it's just being a cat, like you said. So yes, I don't think your cat's ignoring you just to be aloof. I think it's, they're just being a cat and our expectations
1: of what that means may need to be reset. Well, you brought up a good point about vocalizations because my two cats, Casey and Rusty will play and it's like they're being mimes. There's no sound. And that's a good indicator. If you hear that, that's not a good sign, but my cat Casey and I will have conversations. Hey, Casey, should we watch this show or that one? No, 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 because I think cats realize we're really not so great at body language interpretation, and they feel like they have to make sounds to communicate with us. So if you got a chatty cat, um that's cool. But uh, I think there are better studies of um body language than we are.
2: I think so, too. I've learned a lot about body language as a veterinarian and and how important it is to be tuned in mm-hmm. and and the average, Animal owner doesn't really know unless their veterinarian or someone that they've worked with has brought it to their attention that animals are always communicating. Oh, yeah. They just don't have words. But yeah, it's really a cool thing. There are some resources that I think are really cool on fearfreehappyhomes.com.
0: Thank you for bringing that up.
2: Have you seen that? They have videos and drawings Mm -hmm. to show you what it's like um, Rosetta Stone, right? To show yeah, that's you a great way of your putting pet it. is telling you. And and that's awesome because it makes you a better pet owner, I think.
1: Well, fearfreehappyhomes.com is should be tattooed on your forearm. Just kidding. <laughs> but it does have a lot of great resources, veterinarian approved. I actually write some of those articles. Fear free pets too. So I just think you need to get good information from good sources. And in all my pet first aid classes, I always share that link fear free happy homes
2: i love it too i even print out some things from it to give to my actual clients because it's free and it's you can trust it
1: so should we take a quick commercial break so we can pay for this show you think hey i think we should um (laughs) okay guys we'll be right back all right
0: time for a walk on the red carpet of course all behave we will be back in a flash right after these messages.
1: Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Is your dog or cat prone to ear infections? Does your pet resist having his ears cleaned when they're inflamed or irritated? Are you also concerned about the overuse of antibiotics? help is here. Zymox ear care products offer soothing relief and you'll love this part. They don't require the ear to be cleaned before you apply the drops. It's as easy as fill, rub and done. That means less touching of those sensitive ears to help create a soothing, fear-free experience. And you only apply once a day. Here's another perk. Zymox gets its effectiveness from enzymes, not antibiotics. That means no side effects and no antibiotic resistance. You can find these veterinarian recommended products through your veterinarian, most pet specialty retailers and online. And here's a real treat. Yeah, I did say the word treat. You can save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine product on Zymox.com. Just enter the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. To learn more, visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. Pause up. Hey, pet pals. Arden Moore here. Got dog? Of course you do. Our friends at Carlson Pet Products have some great products to keep your dog happy and safe. They have a lineup of decorative and durable doorway gates. Hey, I got two and I love them. They keep my dogs Kona and Emma out of the two rooms where my cat's litter boxes are. My cats are able to slip in and out of the small opening of the gate when needed. I installed these gates in minutes. The gates are easy to use and match my decor. Learn more by dashing over to carlsonpetproducts.com today. You'll be glad you did.
0: Get 25% off your order plus free shipping using the promo code PetLife at CarlsonPetProducts.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Radio.com. Radio. <laughs> Hi, this is Dr. Marty Becker, and I'm proud to be part of Arden Moore's O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden.
1: Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We are doing a dual podcast. We are airing this episode both on the O Show and Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. And Dr. Catherine Prim and I are going through some quirky, quirky things that cats do let's learn about some more right now. So Arden Moore and I are talking about quirky cat things and
2: questions you might have had about why does my cat do this or that? And so I think here's another one that I hear a lot in my exam room. I kind of want to get your input on
1: it, Arden. Okay. Why won't my cat eat canned food? Hmm.
2: Have Have you ever thought about that?
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, I am not a veterinarian. I am not a veterinary nutritionist. I don't play one on TV, but every issue of Catster, I do the nutrition column. So I get to talk to folks like you and board certified and, and nutrition too. And cats, just like people, have certain things that they like and they don't like. There is a lot of good moisture in canned food, but cats are obligate carnivores. Meat, 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 meat. That's what they thrive better on. So when it comes to feeding them, obviously you want to offer them a variety. Number one, because if they ever have to be at the veterinarian overnight or someplace boarded and they have to switch diets, a cat that has a more diverse palate is good. But when it comes to the canned food, it's a preference with the substrate or the the texture of the foods. My cat, Mikey, is a senior cat. We feed our cat's really high quality canned and a dry food. And Mikey will eat any of the canned food unless it contains something shredded like chicken. It could have pieces of uh, fish in it, but if it's shredded, it's a no-no for his taste preference. That's my humble input. What's yours?
2: Well, so, so there's this cool book, I don't know if you've read it. I don't even remember who told me about it, but I think it was one of the cat gurus that I talked to or interview. um, And it's called The Behavior of the Domestic Cat. And I want to talk more about books, but this one is... it will Let's see. It's Dr. Bradshaw. I don't think he's a veterinarian, but he did all these studies that looked oh. at why cats do some of these interesting things. Now, it's not an easy read. It's very technical. It's all of his studies and everything, but it was fascinating to me. So, his theory is that when kittens are being raised and reared, even during the time they are with their mothers, yes, um, the the things that they're exposed to can form their palate to a degree, and so some cats never get canned cat food until they are past the point where their brains are learning. And so they may not even see canned cat food as a food source. So I encourage everyone with kittens, offer them lots of different kinds of food. Good. Because at some point in their life, your veterinarian may say, gosh, your your cat has kidney disease and needs to eat this special food, and it only comes in this kind or that kind, you know, right. whatever. It, it puts you in the driver's seat a little bit more, and it's hard to change. Now, you can teach an old cat new tricks, but maybe not a new food.
1: Yeah, and I agree. I mean, the diversity of textures and types of proteins early on will help them as they become adults. and. I know that cats don't have a sweet tooth receptor. I wish I didn't have a sweet tooth receptor. So they, they do have certain things that are different than us, but uh, aren't they more led by their nose toward attracted to food? I think so.
2: So this man really looked at all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> cool. And it's super interesting. And yes, I think it, it it's texture and odor and and cats definitely have preferences. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. here's another cool thing he looked
1: at and another question. Why okay. is my cat finicky? Well, let's define finicky to a cat finicky. Maybe I'm really acting cool and I'm not over exuberant, but to others, they're being a little finicky. So what's your take on that definition of the word finicky?
2: Well, so I think, um, I think when my clients ask me about it, it's because maybe they chose a certain type of cat food and the cat just wouldn't eat it. You're right. And cats as a rule. I- I think, really like new things, like new toys and, and puzzle toys and that kind of stuff. They like novel items, but possibly right. not novel food. And it can take several feedings for a cat to maybe recognize that something is food. But this book that I was telling you about that is kind of technical, he believes that cats need to rotate diets because right. in the wild, they may eat oh, I don't know, birds or crickets or whatever, and they will change up what they're eating in order to meet their own nutritional needs. So they actually know
1: what they need. Right. That's so a that's, really good point. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like it. You've been doing your research. I have. That?
2: And this this book is so fascinating. So yeah, I, that's another thing. I tell my clients in the exam rooms, did you know that your cat can do this? I mean, I, I just respect cats. So, okay. So here's another cool thing. And I don't remember what the question was that made me even think about this, but it's a cool thing. They did a study in which they fed cats. Cats were full, not okay. at all hungry. And they introduced something that looked like a prey item, like a mouse or something like that. And the cats would still chase it and the cats would still prey on it. And so, this theory, this man's theory, is that praying is separate from hunger. For cats. Interesting. And that's why they need to play and they need to chase things. And they, you know, it's not just about food, it's about mental health to a degree.
1: Right. I mean, when you're a prey and a predator, your mindset, you're always out for the hunt, but you're always looking around. So you're not hunted. But I do think that has a lot of merit with cats because it's the chase. The chase is really stimulating their brain cells. And I think that that is an important
2: role that we as cat lovers have to play in providing for that. So I know that you and I both really kind of like things that work a cat's brain and move a cat's body. So yeah, what can you recommend to the listeners?
1: Well, without doing a certain product, but I do like this product. I think uh, another veterinarian, a friend of ours, Dr. Liz Bales, has created a whole line of Food puzzles and things that are shaped like mice under Doc and Phoebe's brand. And I think uh, cats do like food puzzles. And we do licky mats or scatter mats uh, on occasion with our cats to work their noses and try to find the kibble hidden in there. So I think sometimes we can uh, give the food bowl a break for a minute and try some other option at mealtime.
2: I agree. I actually give puzzle toys to my clients. Because I just think
1: it's it just helps them start It's to nice think. to watch them work. You can see the yeah. you know, smoke coming out of their ears. Don't worry, folks, their <laughs> brain is not on fire. It's just figurative. But it's like, wow, I get to solve this. It's like, I enjoy doing crossword puzzles. This is a crossword puzzle for a cat. They don't need a pen. And, you know, um, some cats
2: are by nature, like we mentioned, kind of anxious. Mm-hmm. But being active helps normalize their brain chemistry and helps them cope with anxiety and and just helps them have an overall sense of well-being. And if we can do that for them as their guardians, then we're, we're meeting all of their needs. It makes a better relationship, I think.
1: Yes. Your sofa is saved. The litter box is used. They're purring. They're happy. We can do so many little vital things. We're sharing our home with them. And when they feel safe and content, it spills over to everybody.
2: I agree. So, okay. I've got a couple more questions okay. that were sort of weird that, I mean, not difficult, but just sort of weird. Someone asked me, can my cat catch bedbugs? Do you know the answer to
1: that? I have no idea. I hope I never have to deal with that on a personal note, <laughs> but go for it. You've got the DVM after your name. No, your cat cannot catch
2: bedbugs. Wow. But I got to tell you, when I was a student, I was doing an, an externship as a student in a veterinary practice. And the um, seasoned technicians thought that it was delightful to put me on the phone when people call <laughs> with quirky things <laughs> like that. And so yeah. I will never forget it. I was a senior in vet school. And one of the technicians said, Catherine, we have a phone call. Could you answer this question for this client? And I get on the phone unsuspecting. And the person on the other end says, because of an unfortunate accident, my cat has been exposed to human pubic lice. Oh, gross. what do I do?
0: <laughs>
2: wow. That's it.
1: Can you hold, please? <laughs> yeah. Hold, please. While I laugh. And then I'll come back to you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I like how they said it, an unfortunate accident.
2: Yeah. And I and my mind was reeling. Right. I mean, you know, I just don't know. But but how did so you answer? The answer is that because it is a human louse, it doesn't live long term on a cat. Okay. So regular Oof. flea sprays. <laughs> I know itchy. A uh, regular flea sprays will take care of that on a cat. But I am not a physician and I cannot tell anyone how to get rid of human lice on themselves. But I can help their cat. And nowadays we have such excellent flea products. Right, right. Um, that last. So it's less of an issue than it, it was when I first got out of or was a senior in vet school. But yeah, they and they were
1: all laughing at me. They thought that was a delightful. But you have that nice voice tone that later you'll be laughing, but you were helping the cat and that was paramount.
2: Well, I mean, that's what it's all about, but yeah. And it's a good story, right? Yeah. Now I do radio.
1: Well, uh, this, my gosh. this has
2: just really been so much fun. It, it always is. And I knew I would have fun talking with you. Can you think of anything else that is a, just a burning question?
1: I just think uh, sometimes people don't understand uh, the tail talk. And they do use their tail as a mood barometer. And in classes, I will call my cat, Casey, the ginger boy. And I'll say to everybody, watch him hoist his tail lazily up in the air. And I bet three, two, one, he will start twitching the top third. And he does it every time as he approaches me. And I said, that is a cat saying, you rock my world. So I do think it's important to pay attention to Tail movements in cats because the side to side, like a doggy wag, is a cat warning lash. Back off. So what do you think? Wanna finish with the tail? Oh yeah.
2: Hey, let's finish with the tail. Yeah, tail talk at the
1: end. Yeah. Why does why does my cat twitch
2: his tail? Well, so sometimes I think that the lash is what people are asking about. Yeah, Yeah. But you bring up a really good point in that Casey isn't lashing his tail you know, he's communicating something different, but in my job, I used to see the tail lash a lot more and, and cats that are preying, that are hunting, um, can twitch their tail when they're, you know, in a predation stance. Right. And people have argued that that seems like a bad idea that the movement would catch the eye of the, the prey, but, um, but it's part of the thing that cats do. So it's not always a good thing for your cat to be twitching its tail. But if it's holding the tail up and twitching like Casey does, it's a good thing. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: The end. No, <laughs> And that brings us to the close of the good. tail,
2: right? That's the yes. end. Yes.
1: Wow, that was a lot of fun. I really appreciate doing a, a co-host on your show and my show, OBEhave, so folks can listen to Either show because it's going to be the same, but it was very nice to team up with you, Doctor Cat. Absolutely, and so I guess to all the O Behave listeners, check out Nine Lives
2: with Doctor Cat, right? And for all the Nine Lives listeners, go check out O Behave, and don't forget your dog show too. Oh, yeah, Doctor Cat, gone to the dogs. I'm just
1: crazy animal. No, you're crazy good. And <laughs> I also want to salute our producer, Mark Winter. He's the executive producer of Pet Life Radio. We are the largest pet radio network on the planet, and that's thanks to him. So uh, everybody, let's give a pause and applause to Mark Winter.
2: Yes, uh, pause and applause
1: is perfect. I always salute him. Hey, guys, it's a wrap. We just covered a lot of quirky cat traits with Dr. Katherine Prim. You're going to be able to hear this on my show and Nine Lives with Dr. Kat. We want to do a shout out to our producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound. He makes each and every one of our episodes sound great. So until next time, this is your flea free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four leggers out there. Oh, behave.
0: Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.